Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer and comedian, Emily Winter. And I just want to let you guys know that we have a new, brand new Instagram account. Um, if you just search Comedians with Ghost Stories, that is our handle. There's some underscores in there. Um, and I've been talking to a lot of people that have photo evidence or video evidence to go along with their stories. So I kind of wanted to keep it all in one place. And also, if I have any... Um, live shows of Comedians with Ghost Stories. It would be nice to just have it all there for you guys to see. Um, and yeah, if I can find any extra content to add onto the Instagram, that I will do it. And it will be cool to have it all in one place. So if you guys can give it a follow, that would be amazing. And hopefully we can get more and more photo evidence of ghosts. I've got one up there now from Kara Manuel's episode, and it is pretty good. Um, okay, thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy this amazing episode. Oh, also, this one has a video that I will put on the Instagram as well. Okay, enjoy the show. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have Pittsburgh comedian Scott Kelly. Scott, thank you so much for doing the pod. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear your ghost stories, and you, you said you have many. So I'm very pumped. Uh, tell me your first experience. Well, my, one of my first experiences, um, this is more of a recollection of my brother and my sister and my mom. Now, my brother, keep in mind, he is uh, 16 years older than me, and my sister is 14 years older than me. Oh, wow. So it wasn't, so it wasn't like they were young as me, and they weren't sure what they were hearing. They were old enough to understand and know. Yeah. Um, so they would hear, I guess, probably whenever I was, I don't have recollection of this, but they do. And they all backed it up. Uh, that I would apparently be talking to somebody um in a room and they would hear hear a deep male's voice they will walk in be nobody there and they, they're like who are you talking to and then and i would just guess i would say the man so he was dubbed the man in our household i don't me- no memory of this whatsoever oh. all three of them that backed this up were you like three years old or something i had to been or, or maybe younger than that or something because i, I my earliest memories and just in general are usually around three four years old so it had to have been a little bit before that because I would have remembered this, I would think. I'm obsessed with ghosty TikToks, and this is very common around that two and a half, three range. I, I've heard, I've seen like parents talk about this a lot. So uh, yeah, wild. Did they say what you were talking about or? They never said what I was talking about. And the only time, and I will say I've ever heard that voice was when I was seven years old, me and my one friend uh, named Drew growing up, we were playing in my parents' attic. And deep as can be, I heard a voice say, Scott, and I thought it was my dad coming home for his lunch break, like he would do sometimes from work. So I went downstairs, and my sister was there, and I said, where's dad? She goes, he's not here. No one was here. It's just me. Nobody. And Did it your was friend sitting... hear it, too? Yeah, he heard it, too. He heard it. He's like, I thought your dad was here. And it was such the deepest voice I've ever heard still. I'd never heard anything deeper. And you feel like that's probably the same guy, right? I would think. And that, that time frame, I didn't know any of stories. I never heard about me talking to this so-called man until I think it was 18 or 19. We were just talking about experiences in, in my parents' house growing up with my siblings that they mentioned this story to me. And I'm like, oh, geez, I never knew this. Were they worried for you? Were they worried about, because they could hear the voice. So were they like concerned or they were just like, that, that's a ghost? They, my mom was never concerned. There's a lot of things that happened in that household. Like actually, 
it was a farmhouse and the farm owner committed suicide by hanging himself in, in our garage port area back oh, when. That's so sad. Okay. So okay. I don't know if that's him or what have you. I have right. no idea. They, I know my sister uh, found um, wedding rings in our basement and everything like that. And then she took them and sold them uh, back when she, I think she was 15 at the time or 16. And like that night, like she got touched by something on our, her bed. And she said she um, went to move her hand to get it out of the way. And when she did, it, the handprint was still on her thigh and she screamed. I remember hearing her scream too whenever we were growing um, when I was a little and wondering like what's going on. And like, she didn't go to school the next day. She was freaked out and everything. But again, my, my dad never believed in any of our stories and everything, nothing. Wait. So he never, it was like that typical horror movie where dad's like, yeah, everything's fine. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I my husband and I talk about this part of the horror movie and how, uh, how boring it is um, in horror movies where it's like, get past the part where nobody believes, you know? Um, Cause it's just like, it stalls and stalls and stalls. And then it's like, it needs to happen again and again and again and again. And then finally the movie can start when everybody's on board and like, okay, let's get rid of these ghosts or, you know, let's find out what they want. <laughs> exactly. But he didn't believe anything until, my goodness, my dad turned 80 this year, so it would have been about five years ago. Um, he finally was like, I think you guys might have something to these stories growing up because the bedroom and, and their TV in the middle of the night around, I think he said about two in the morning, it turned on. And he's like, okay, he unplugged, turned it off. It turned back on again. So he got up and decided to unplug it. When he unplugged it, it stayed on. And then he's, he stood there strange, like, why is his TV still on if it's, not, if it's unplugged? And then it turned off. Whoa. He's like, and then the next day, he said he heard a woman say his voice, everything down in the, because uh, my dad does a lot with scrolling in his retirement. And he said he heard a woman say his voice, uh, his name, excuse me. Um, and he's like, okay, I think you guys might have something to this now. Wait, he does a lot of what in his retirement? Uh, wood scrolling stuff. He does a lot of woodworking. Everything. Oh, That's cool. cool. He, he's all, he's, he's a lot of cool stuff. I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. So he's done a lot of original wood, wood scrolling stuff for me for Ghostbusters. It's pretty cool stuff. Wait, what does that mean? Like, what's the wood scrolling Ghostbuster thing? Uh, he made a lamp for me. That's like all sl <laughs> Slimer. So. Oh my God, that's so cool. That's so amazing. He did the Ghostbusters ghost trap out of wood for me. I have that as well. What, full size too. So he's oh done a lot of cool God. stuff. That's so <laughs> awesome. Um, so, okay. So you have the TV, your dad's TV experience. Yeah. Your sister, she was touched on the leg by a ghost the day she sold the wedding thigh. yeah she was touching the thigh and she thought it was my dad or somebody trying to wake her up she you know took her hand and just shoot it away and then it, it was still on her it went right through and then she, when she looked up and sees she saw an indentation on her thigh of a handprint like that and that's oh when she god. screamed oh my god that's so scary was it like do you think that does she think that they were mad at her for selling the rings she she theorizes and possibly or it could be unrelated. She doesn't. She's not really sure. Um, again, nothing. No one's ever gotten hurt. No one's. We just have lots of creepy stories. No one's ever gotten hurt. So I think like no one's ever done anything in our household. Like hey, we got to move or we got. They, my parents are religious, so they would probably bring a priest in. Like, but nothing ever like that happens. They just thought it was just a lot of creepy stories over the years. Um, like I myself would see um, was like like a. I remember when I watched. Ghost Hunters back in the heyday, 
it talked about like seeing a, a black figure uh, shadow thing. I'm like, oh my God, that, that relates so much to me because I would see a half black shadow of, of something that would look at me from, from like a doorway or something like that. And then I would, and I would catch it and it would just like go, go right away immediately. And I'd go right to that room, nothing. Nobody. Was it like a tall, was, slender? Yes. Yeah, it, tall. Was he wearing a hat? No, no, I didn't know how. At least I remote. It was just more just like a regular person, and yeah. but just complete black shadow of it. Wow! Oh my god! I never saw it. Um, I would tell my friends this stuff, and of course, all of us were young teens. We're like, we gotta go to your parents' attic, and we got you know, do, let's just sit in the darkness and see what happens. Yeah. So we we did that for a long time, and I'm getting kind of antsy because I'm like, well, guys, I I'm the one who has to live here, so if anything happens, like that sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're there and my one friend's like, Brandon, he's like, I'm going to time it 10 minutes on my phone. So he sees he's timing it and we're going down and closer to the end of it. We just started seeing this, like, this, like this foggy mist start going into the back end of my parents' attic. And, um, what? It, it was just, yeah, it was a weird foggy mist. And I got creeped out. I took the flash that we had and I pointed right at it. And we saw full, that black shadow full right there, full form like that. And it would dropped down to like to the floor like it just fell down through whatever and we all we all looked at each other and we freaked out and we ran down to my parents attic so how did you how did you like summon it what were you doing were you doing a ouija board or no we just sat in the attic in complete darkness um around midnight at my parents house and they're at in the attic and that's oh all God. we did this place is so haunted this place do your parents still live there they still live there <laughs> actually tr true fact uh, when Ghost Hunters first came out, I emailed them and they were going to come to my parents' house uh, to do the investigation. My dad put the brakes on that. He said, no, they are not coming here. We're not going to be on TV. So I had to like, they tried to talk to my dad and like, we're going to be very nice. We're not going to make you guys seem to be crazy like that. And he said, no. So they didn't come. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you could have been on Ghost Hunters. Do you think your dad would be open to it now? He would be now probably and everything, but there was a guy, his name Brian something. It was in the first season. They they fired that guy, but that was a contact who I had had at the time back in two thousand four. So uh, it would it would have been interesting to see what they would have found. I'm, yeah. I'm sure of it because um, my wife, when we first started dating, I, I told her all the stories, and she herself, she's like, I don't believe any of this stuff and everything. So she went up in the attic. By her, so I was like, I'm not going up there. <laughs> so I was like, I know. And she's like, up there, and she said she heard breathing noises, and then like a box moved, and she freaked out and ran downstairs. I heard her freaking out, running down. She's like, your house is haunted completely. Yeah. Oh my god, you you totally converted her on one try. One try. I didn't even know what was going to happen because you you know you, you could show up to something and nothing happens and lots of fuss and that's that. But it, it worked. 50. We. And we got married and we didn't have money. So we lived in my parents' house for nine months to we could buy a house. And we were here one the night. She saw she thought she heard me um, playing my acoustic guitar. She goes upstairs. There's nobody there. Nothing. <gasps> Nothing. Interesting fact with that, go back many, many years. My parents first bought this house. Same thing happened to my mom. She thought my dad was playing acoustic guitar when they first moved in. And he wasn't even home. Oh my God, that's kind of sweet. Like there's, you have a dead person in like energy who wants to play guitar for women. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's so there, there's so that.
Um, what else? My, my mom, um, she one time went to the basement and when she was going down late at night to do laundry, she says a man and a husband and a wife were coming up the steps. She says she saw half the body and the lower half was just kind of cut off and you couldn't see it. And she said she just shut the door and did not go down for the rest of the night. So she saw a couple? Like, how did she know that they were husband and wife? She said they were holding hands and going up. So she just assumed they were husband and wife. And how old were they? And what was their, like, yeah, what was their dress like? Or she said it it, it looked not too old like that. It was more surprised. She's early 1900s kind of look. Because the house, like I said, besides that person who um, uh, killed himself, eventually the house um, turned into, um, I guess, a complex kind of source where every floor people lived on. So numerous people have passed away before my parents bought the house and just had it for themselves. Okay. Okay. So, oh my gosh, this is so wild. Why do you think that this house in particular, like, holds so much, so much energy. It's, it's so interesting that there's just everyone in your family's had all these experiences. I have no idea. Um, me and my sister thought now, you know, especially if my, if my parents, when they do pass away someday, we definitely want to do a big investigation in that house and everything before we sell it. And, um, just to kind of do like, what is here? What is going on? Yeah. My parents were like, I want to interrupt them in their life and everything with having people come over and do this. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea. The only, I will say the other circumstances, everything's been kind of creeping where there's been one instance, um, actually two that are more, a little bit more than what you, what usually happened. Okay. Um, what was it? 17. Yeah, I was 17. And you know, my, my dad had um, a, a little gym kind of, thing down in the basement so me and my friend was working out and we heard this scream like it was like someone got murdered from like a woman's scream and uh we went upstairs and right at my front of my parents door my friend uh tim he um was holding his nose he goes oh my god it smells like rotten eggs and everything which i didn't know at the time so years later that that's a sign of like a demonic thing smell of rotten eggs mm-hmm. and everything um and that was just nothing's ever happened like that since. But that was a weird experience to have that. And you couldn't find so the the smell just dissipated, and you couldn't find any source of the scream. Nope, couldn't find anything. There was nothing. Nothing weird happened, and that would indicate someone got murdered or was a demonic entity or anything like that. It was just that random, isolated moment in time. I gotcha. have no idea. So many of your stories have like corroboration, which is amazing. So, you know, you weren't just like making it up like this is ongoing. And oh, you said there was one other time where it was a little extra. Yes, um, it was this, one of the summers in my teens. I don't remember what year right now, um, but I remember I was laying in bed and for some reason my heart started thumping like so super fast out of nowhere. Like I was scared. and I didn't know why. And then the this is the part where I know people might put disbelief in here, but the my the end of my bed shook up and everything. And then I passed out from fear and woke up the next morning. Oh my God. Your bed was shaking. Dude, this is horror movie stuff. Again, those are the two creepiest experiences as a little bit more than just the norm that usually happens. And, but again, nobody ever got hurt or anything like that. It was just some odd stories that just add up. Do you think that your parents have experienced even more that they haven't told you about? I think that my mom's has told me, she said, this is a, this is a creepy thing here where um, this is my mom's experience. Um, 
she says she is having a dream this and this is before i was born um way before because again my sister is 14 years older than me um was whenever she, it was a little bit after she was born um she was having a my mom was having a dream and she's felt this presence floating over her and looking at her and telling her that your child is mine and she's um, went into my sister's nursery and she saw these shadow figures hovering around her crib like that and she told them to get out now i never had any kind of experience like that kind of thing um, holy cow that's terrifying i can't believe your parents just stayed and no problem like they no were just problem. like we live here again it's the old school uh, relationship style where the husbands uh, ruled everything kind of relationships, you know, that kind of thing where my dad was the say for everything and pretty much still is. That's an old time. Like, like I said, my dad's 80. So mm -hmm. that was their kind of relationship. And like me and my wife are definitely, um, it's 50-50, but uh, yeah. them, you know, that's old time relationship. So he didn't see a problem. He didn't, he thought my mom was just hallucinating or just, you know, you didn't see what you saw. You, you think you saw something, but you didn't. Oh so. my gosh, wild, wild. So, okay, so since you've had, oh, sorry, are there other experiences you want to talk about? Or I, I could go, I could go on, depending on how much you want to go. So. Oh my God, tell me all of them. I just, I, this house is so haunted. This isn't like a one time I, you know, a door closed. This is like everybody. So you have one older sister and then another sibling? Yeah, an older brother. He, his story, um, he, uh, he only has one story um, besides hearing that person I talked to and walked in the room and then they, didn't see it. The only thing he ever had experienced um, was he used to do third shift at a security place and he would come home um, for lunch um, to eat and he, and he just went to the lights on. And he, he would just eat in the dark like that. He just didn't want to bug it because it'd be like three something in the morning he would come home for his lunch. So he came home one time and he's, uh, I guess apparently he thought there was an intruder in the house. He just saw a purse, a shadow of a person walk out from my parents' living room and go towards the staircase. And he, he really saw that. He's like, oh my God, there's an intruder. So he runs and chases after him. It bolted up the stairs and he said, went right through the attic door. And that's when he's like, what the heck is that? Oh my gosh. So basically, so everyone that lived there has had an experience. Everybody has had an experience. Like I said, five years ago, my dad finally couldn't dismiss things. So he finally had his experience. I'm sure he's had more and he's dismissed them all. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, oh my gosh. So what do you think, since you've had to think about this since a young age, because you've always had ghosts around when you were living in that house, what do you think they are? What does that, what did that, what does it mean to you? Honestly, I'm going to tell you a part here that, I'm not fully sure if I believe myself, but I'll explain this to you where I might think reason why there's been, be seen more things than most people have. Um, so I used to work um, as a drug and alcohol counselor for a while. Um, and one day in my group session, a woman comes in and usually what that means when people come in, I don't know, they're making up a session they missed earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. So she comes in and she sits down and she goes, I need to talk to you and everything whenever you're we're done here. I'm like, okay. So when we're done with the session, she comes back to my my office. I'm thinking she probably relapsed or something like that. And she's just trying to, to admit something to somebody. She's like, I need to talk about you. I'm like, me? Why do you need to talk about me? She's like, you're an empath. I'm like, what? And she's like, this is the first time I've ever heard this term. 
She's yeah. like, you're an empath. I'm like, I can see you glowing. I'm like, okay, this person's on drugs right now. That's why yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. relapse. You know, so I, so I dismissed that and everything. And then I, it was about two months later, I went to a new chiropractor because um, my, my person um, closed their business. They retired. And the woman um, who's, who's, who's doing my session, she's like, you know, you're an empath, right? I'm like, this is the second person in two months. I was like, I don't understand. What, what is this? So and there's a third one coming up here. I got a new job uh, at the time. I transferred to working in the prison um, as a drug and alcohol counselor. I got pulled aside by somebody who works there. And she's like, hey, I just need to let you know that you need to keep your guard up and everything. I go, I know, I know. This is a prison. She goes, no, it's because you're an empath. I'm like, what? Three people in a six-month time frame have told me this. And, and, and then my whole entire life, no one's ever said this to me. Whoa. So what does it mean? I, 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 so I guess reading, I've read about a few things. So apparently, like, I, I want to say a conduit, but in more along the sense of, like, I'm somebody who can sense this kind of stuff. And because I can sense it, they know that I can sense that. So I'm like a beacon for that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess other people in my family, my mom, my brother, and sister like that, must be part of that or something too as well to where they can reach out in some in their own way um, to say something or do something. Again, I don't know if I fully believe that portion and everything of it. I know my experiences. But as far as it being an empath, I don't know if I believe that part. I don't know. I mean, three separate people within a six-month span tell you this, and you've grown up in a haunted house. That sounds pretty amazing, you know? Like, huh. So that's kind of a big responsibility. Do you feel like, oh, have have any, like, spirits, have you had encounters outside of that house? Yes. I haven't gotten to that part yet and everything. Oh, my God. Um, I've had experiences outside of that. There's one last one I wanted to say um, at my parents. I did see pretty much a full body apparition like that. Um, so I I used to be a mech back in the heyday. And back then there was this weird rumor. This is way before internet. So the rumor was if you would cut your handlebars down shorter, you could pull up on the bike more and get a lot more air, which is not true. It's stupid. But <laughs> we, we believe that back then. There was no internet. Is it? Is it? Is this like? Is this like bike culture very big in Pittsburgh? Because my uncle is in Pittsburgh, and he has done he's done bike stuff his whole life. It must be, I guess. I don't know. Okay. There's not a lot to do out here, so like you do stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm at side really late night in my parents' uh, garage. I'm cutting up um, the handlebars. I finish it, walking back to their um to the door the, the front door i got this weird suspicion feeling that like someone's behind me or something's here i turn around and it's like this civil war veteran guy he looks like a brown photograph completely i can see his mustache his, his glint in his eye the, the suit going down and it cut it cut off about a little bit below the waist and it was just nothing he just looked dead cold in my at me and we looked at each other and i if like time was slow for that moment I turn around, I, I'm like, I'm acting like I'm in a horror movie. I'm trying to grab my parents' door and I'm like fumbling with the door. <laughs> I just became a cliche at that point. <laughs> and I finally, when I finally got a hold of the door and went to open it, I just, wait, wait a second. I felt this ease, this calm. I looked behind, nobody, nothing. Oh my God. Do you feel That's like my... you, you were taking on his 
anxieties and his feelings in that moment? Or just were you scared because you saw him? I think it was just more scared because I saw him. Like, yeah. I think it was just that reaction. Like, I never seen anything like this in my life. Like, I don't think I even thought at that point that it was a, a ghost. I was like, this is a weird person in my parents' yard and I need to get away. Yeah, yeah. And then when he was just gone, I, I went to my bed and I started thinking more about it. I was like, I think I just saw a ghost. Like a full body thing. Holy cow. I want to go to your parents' house so bad. <laughs> and like... Everybody, everybody who hears these stories, even to this day, they're like, I want to go. Can we go? Are your parents going on vacation anytime soon? Can we go there? (laughs) (laughs) Have your siblings or parents ever been told that they're empaths as well? No, nobody's ever said that to them. No, I'm the only one so far. um, Because I've asked and like, no, no one's ever said that to them. So I'm the only one who's ever. If it's like, if it's like hereditary or it's also maybe learned because you were born in this house and you were talking to ghosts from a very young age. And like, I wonder if like that, it's like a combo, you know, nature and nurture for, for empaths sort of. It, it might be. I, I, I have to do more research into it. I, I just, I don't know. I was like, I, cause one person said, when I, cause the time when I, when I, the person told me um, about these people, one person, the last one who told me that I was an empath, she knew my wife was pregnant with her second son. And she goes, you know, if you get in touch with that, you could actually really sense its soul and itself. And I'm like, okay, I, I didn't do it because I was like, I, I don't know. This is just weird and everything. I did just the uh, people out of the blue tell me this. It just felt strange. So I didn't get, look into it. So um, all these people that have told you you're an empath, I'm assuming they are empaths as well. Yes. Yes. They are empaths as well. I, yes. And they, they told me that and everything. Um, and they said that they could teach me to get more in more touch with it and everything else. Um, I just, I just never did it. Just, I just know it just seems strange to me. Like again, I understand person who's had these paranormal ghost experiences now is not just saying, "Oh, I don't know about empath." I know that seems counterintuitive. I know it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, um, it's an offering, right? Like you have the option. It's kind of like. If you're just innately good at, you know, a sport or like basketball or something, like you can go play and you'll probably be very good at it, but you don't have to play. Yeah, exactly. I could. I do sense things. Uh, my, my in-laws, they were looking at a house. Um, this is back in 2017, I believe. And we, they, and me and my wife went down to the basement part and the realtor guy was there with us. And I was like, hey, I was like, did the previous owners, did they die here? He goes why would you ask that question? I'm like, I'm just curious because they did, but how, why would, how would you know that? I'm like, uh, I don't know. just a question. Now to my wife later, I was like, I felt a weird presence. I just felt like something was there. I couldn't explain it. I just felt like something was there. So it was odd that like he cooperated in live time. Like they did pass away here in this area. So. Wild. Oh my gosh. Was it you? And it, I, it's probably too hard to explain, but like, was it a negative feeling that, it felt, honestly, it felt more like dread of anything, honestly. Like, yeah, they're like, they're gone. Like they're, it's just felt more, it didn't seem happy. It seemed, the atmosphere seemed different. So I don't know if it was, it didn't seem negative, like it would be like a demonic thing or anything like that. It just felt, just dread. That's the best way I could explain it, like that. Like, so I don't know how to. Have you interpreted, like, do you think that that's like a, an imprint of their fight, like their their dread of death, like their final feelings when, or, or do you think that they live there or like, what do you think that is? Or do you not, do you not mess with it? 
I don't mess with that stuff. Um, You're just like, I, this happened. I'm not going to try to interpret it. Uh, it just happened. You know, but when we and my wife were first dating in 2005, my cousin and the girlfriend he was with at that time and their friends, they're playing on a Ouija board in a cemetery. And me and my wife showed up um, late. And um, it was interesting. Um, I had at the time, uh, my niece made for me a cross. And I'm not a religious person, but she made it for me. So I kept it with me. And I, we showed up there. And it wasn't working all of a sudden now. And then and they, and we left. And everything because we my, my wife are like this is boring we've been here for an hour nothing's happened it's boring so we hightailed it out and they said after we left it was only a few minutes after left it started working again so i don't know how do you want to explain that i don't know it didn't work with the presence of the cross amazing yeah. amazing that was that's an unexplainable one um now uh, i'll tell you one of the other experiences, uh, so you want to go outside my parents' house. Um, my sister's old house um, was very, very, very haunted. Um, her youngest daughter did play the Ouija board, and I guess she apparently, they, she saw things, like guess little creatures and stuff like that, she said, which could have been a child's imagination. I'm not sure if I fully believe that portion of it, but part that I do believe, because I, I personally, it happened to me, um, I was 12 years old. I was babysitting for my for my sister for a few days because her and her her, her um, ex husband now um, they were went out camping, and mm -hmm. so I was babysitting, and uh, my niece threw a toy at my nephew, and it hit him really hard. He was crying and everything. I told her to go up to her bedroom. Now her bedroom um, is one of those attics. Have you ever seen where it's split? Where one side is like a storage, and the other side is like a living space. Mm -hmm. So she that's where she was. So I. I told her to go up there and she'd come down whenever I uh, made dinner. Well, it wasn't like a half hour or so later. Um, I hear these pounding noise, pounding noises. And I shouted up there. I was like, I don't care if you're throwing a fit. You guys stay up there. And then she ran down the stairs, pale as could be, shaking crazily. And she grabs onto me. And I could hear just this voice of like, I don't know if it said get out or it said something like that from up above. And I like freaked out, called my parents. They got us and they just spent the nights at uh, my parents' house instead. Oh my gosh. I Does asked. Niece oh, go ahead. This? She's probably grown now. Does she remember this? Yes. I asked her uh, a 4th of July get together last year. Um, I asked her, I was like, hey, I got a question. I was like, all those years ago when I told the same story to you, and it's like, what, from your perspective, what happened? And she said, well, because she had a cat named Carmel. She said, we're up there reading a book. And he started, his, his ears got pinned back and he started hissing like that at the door. And then someone from the other side was pounding. She wasn't the one pounding like that. And she got so scared. She got enough courage to just shove, open that door and just run down the steps. Oh my God. So did they all, did they all, your sister's family all have stories from that home? Or was this the only thing because you're the empath that you've like set it mm. off? They, they all have stories there. She saw one time her ex-husband went to go get pizza and she was folding laundry. She looked up and saw this old man just creepily looking at her and she freaked out and locked herself in the bathroom and uh, called her, her husband and he came back and everything and no one's in the house. And he, he was a very, he's a, he was a very good artist. And um, she, 
I guess had had him draw like what she saw, and it turned out it was his dead grandfather. Was it their house? It, it, no, was not their house. Just they were like, staying. Um, coming to say hi, place. dead grandfather coming to say hello or something. She, I have no idea. She said it didn't seem like hello. It seemed more like creepy, kind of like, which is interesting that they got divorced. They had a long, crazy, bad relationship in the end. So I don't know if that was more of like a warning, like you're in for some trouble in a few years kind of thing. That's kind of what it seemed like. Oh my gosh. This is wild. You guys have, you have so many stories, so many family stories. So are you happy that you are an empath and you've had all these experiences or are you annoyed by it? I'm not annoyed by it, no. It's it's um, it's interesting to have experiences like that, honestly. Because I know a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people are seeking, like, who, like, love ghost stuff. And, like, I wish I had this happen to me. I'm like, like sorry, I have so many. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I am that person, absolutely. I'm like, come find me. I'm, I'm open. I, like, get high and go to bed. And I'm like, <laughs> just try to get in touch with the universe. It doesn't happen. So I'm like, I'm very jealous. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's wonderful. It's it's you for a reason, you know? Um, so, yeah, and you haven't really tried to, like, interpret it, but do you want these things to keep happening to you? I wonder about that sometimes, honestly. To, like, if I, because if one person told me, um, who was the empath, like, if you start opening this up, like, you're going to have more coming towards you because they're going to realize that now you're more accepting and you're going to have more of that kind of stuff happening. So that's also why I've been hesitant. And you got to be careful because some of that stuff is not always going to be good that's going to be coming your way. So part of me is like, I don't know if I want to dabble into something like that and something bad comes through if that would happen. Well, maybe this is a good thing to do when your kids go to college or when you're retired and you find you have more time on your hands. Because it just it's a, you know, becoming one with the universe and space and time is a time suck. So like, it is. I know. You have to raise kids and, and do comedy and go to work. And like, so, I mean, I could understand where it's just like, I don't, I have to do date night with my wife. I don't have time for this. You know? I agree. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. Um, <laughs> uh, some other experiences. Um, my, every, every family has family drama like that. So on my um, wife's side, there was a family incident happened. She couldn't see her grandmother. It's like that. It was a whole big ordeal. I mean, it's, it's too long to get into. It's yeah, yeah, funny. yeah. Just so, insert whatever your own family drama is for this family drama. Yeah. Exactly. Insert. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, she didn't get a chance to go to the uh, the funeral because of it. So, oh. flash forward a few months later. This is January of um, what was it? Uh, January two of two thousand eighteen. And she went to visit my grandmother, or not my, her grandmother, excuse me, um, grave. And it was it freshly snowed just a little bit, about one or two inches there. And she she said she wrote, I'm sorry, on her uh, gravestone. Didn't tell me about this at all. I had no idea she even went to the gravesite and, and even did that. So um, the next day after that, um, we decorated a lot for, for Christmas outside for um, our kids and, some, and all the other kids in the neighborhood. And the lights were on. I was like, how are the lights are on? Like it's on a time thing. It, it couldn't have just turned on. So I didn't think anything else of that. And the next night, they're on again. Okay, okay. So I'm so this time I'm like there must be some teenager or somebody. Sorry, my cat's bumping my phone. <laughs> but um, it must have been a teenager here um that did that. So I unplugged it. Well, I woke up the next morning 
and not all of them, but some of them were on without any electricity. And I don't know how to even explain that. That was just odd. And um, the other thing that was happening at the same time is a lamp in my den area kept turning on. No one would be there. We'd walk in and the, the, the light would be on. Oh, that's weird. So I would turn it off. And then, you know, a few hours later, it'd be turned back on. And that's when she told me that she went and visited her gram like that and wrote that. And we just wondered if that was her reaching from beyond or something. I don't know. Wow. Oh, wow. That's really beautiful. And that's really sweet that your wife did that. Having these experiences, does it make you less afraid of death? Or no? This is a leading question. I wish it did. <laughs> I wish it so it so did. I got I I I hurt my uh, sciatica um last week and I was like reading things like is it cancer? Is all, all stuff you know you do whenever yeah. like I'm dying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, so no, I wish it did. I honestly got wish it did make me feel a little less about death, but it doesn't. Um, and it still is that question mark. You know, how are they doing this? Is this, how are they possibly reaching out? Like, right. um, I was close with my grandfather on my mom's side. And when he passed away, that really upset me. And I was playing the guitar. Um, and I felt two taps on my shoulder. It would be like that. And I turned around. Nobody's there. It creeped me out. I did not know because my grandfather, um, when he was around when I was little, he uh, was going through dialysis and he couldn't walk much. So every time I saw him, he was always sitting. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that his go-to thing to get to you was his two fingers would tap you twice on your shoulder. Did not know that. So I got two fingers tapped on me on my shoulder a week after he passed away. That's so, so sweet. I, and I didn't even know that story until... You told your I parents and... I told him about a year later because my um, mom said Graham thinks that Grandpa visited her. And I said, really? And I was like, well, after a week after he passed away and told her what happened to me, she's like, don't you know? He reached out to you. I'm like, what do you mean? And that's when she explained to me with the two fingers and the tap. I'm like, I had no idea because, like, again, he was always sitting in a chair because he's always so weak from his dialysis. I never saw him really up and moving around and doing that kind of stuff. Wow, that's amazing. What was your mom's experience? Um, well, it's my grand's experience. Her grand, she said she swears she saw him going up the steps and like that. And that's all she saw. It was a quick glimpse. And that was all. It's so sweet. It sounds like your whole family is empaths. Like this probably got passed down because most families don't have this many stories. No, no. We think about it too, my, um, my oldest, because just, um, it, he seems to be very in touch with himself and very emotional for an eight year old kid and like he said one time he I remember he said he saw an older woman um in, in in this new house we have here an older woman um and she's just really sweet looked at him and the only one and she said he shows how small she was like that's be my dad's gram from the old house because she was so small she wasn't like four foot nine or something like that she was very small so we wonder if that was her that he, he potentially saw oh, wow it begins again so again, it, ha it has to be hereditary, handed down or something like that for, for that to happen, honestly. Do you feel, so I know that it's, I mean, we've talked about it, how, what a time suck it would be to really go down this rabbit hole of abilities, but do you feel any responsibility to eventually get around to it? Since I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel at some point. Um, like yes, like you, like you said, you brought up a good point with them, like going to college, stuff like that. Like maybe that'd be a time to do it because I don't want 
if I brought anything in, I want it to affect them and then my kids be afraid to sleep in the house, something like that. If I, you know, um, there are people in this area that my wife knows that have been wanting to get with me to like, you know, we can help you harness that and protect yourself and everything. Again, I just, I, 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 I do counterintuitive. I feel like, is it really, or is this real or is it not real? Is it just, you know, your belief makes it real kind of thing? I don't know. Well, I'm somebody who's such a strong believer and nothing ever happens to me. So that's why I think it's real. Cause I'm here, I'm like open, but I got no abilities, innate, innate abilities, you know? So I'm like, that's why I think it's totally real. Cause I'm trying, man, and I'm not getting anything. So I think it's wonderful. Um, but also a scary and a big responsibility. It, it is like, I, I feel like I'm dead asleep at night, but I swear someone, if I can hear like a whisper noise, I'm gonna, I wake right up and everything. So like, it's just, I, it does cause, I will say it does cause sleeping issues sometimes if I'm by myself, I'm like, am I going to hear something, something there that does cause that sometimes with me as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're conditioned to have to pop awake because of ghosts. So <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. I definitely have PTSD from my childhood growing up, wondering all the time, like, there's something there when I'm sleeping, you know, so that carried over to my adulthood. Um, and then I thought when I left my parents' house, like nothing would ever happen again. And for a little bit there, nothing did. But then at the old house, things did. And then things carried over to here. I was like, okay, so I'm alone for the ride, apparently, with this. Oh, my gosh. It's post-traumatic spirits disorder. That's the PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it needs to be the new DSM. That's what it needs to be in. <laughs> Um, this is amazing. Are there any other instances you want to talk about or should we, we go on to plugs and talk about you? I think if I can't recall anything on top of my head right now, I know there's more, but the top of my head right now from telling you that that's pretty much all that I can bring up right now without heavily thinking hard. But yeah, those are the things that have happened that have been odd and unique for me. Well, please keep me posted if you, uh, start going down this you know, path of figuring it all out. Uh, let me know. Cause I want to, I would love to have you back and also tell everybody where they can find you on the internet, where they can find your comedy and plug anything you want to plug. Yeah. Um, you can find me under, uh, Scott Kelly comedian, um, through Facebook, through Instagram, YouTube. Um, I put out a self produced, uh, independent album last year on Spotify called bits and pieces. So that was, a uh, collection basically it was, it was a unique collection actually it was fun to do because um in 2020 we all had a horrible time i'm sure all of us did you know with everything shut down so i lost my hard drive because i did that one thing you're not supposed to do where it says hey we found an error on your hard drive do you want us to fix this for you you're never supposed to say yes okay <laughs> I hit yes so all of my current stand-up that i was getting prepared for um was gone so all i had oh. left was stuff from the earlier years i was like oh great everything devastating. So, devastating very devastating so i decided to all right i'm going to try to make the best situation so i plowed through random sd cards and anything else i could find if anything from the early years if i could find anything somewhat current and i put together just pieces together of an independent album um but essentially it gets the best of you want to call it and everything so that's why i called it bits and pieces everything put it together put it out there um Again, you can get on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get music, it's out there. You can stream, listen to. I put some snippets on um, through YouTube and uh, my Facebook channel, um, a little bit on Instagram and Twitter as well. So I'm out there. You can find me under Scott Kelly Comedian. And it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. 
Yep. K-E-L-E-Y. Yep. Um, awesome. Wow. Well, congrats on that and making the thank best you. out of a horrible situation. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing the podcast. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you. And I definitely will come back. If more things happen, I collect them up. I'll definitely come back and share them with you. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you can, please rate and review the podcast. Give me a follow at Emily MC Winter on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, hopefully blue sky soon. And also follow Comedians with Ghost Stories on Instagram. Thank you so much.